podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of This Nomics Podcast. Make sure you check out my podcast. Last week, I was joined by the great blockchain Jeff, as well as my boy Meads. We spoke about cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin in particular. We also spoke regarding Ethereum, investing in cryptocurrencies, best places to start off, our learning experiences, our experiences, where to purchase cryptocurrencies, where to store them, loads and loads of information so make sure you check that episode out a very 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 good one also it will be important to make sure you follow me on patreon that's www.patreon.com forward join to help support Dysonomics. the platform get bigger and better we're expecting big things this year you guys supported me so much last year so hopefully more of the same and also it'll be fantastic if you follow on social media that's Dysonomics pod on insta underscore nomics on Twitter and oh yeah, Dysonomics on Instagram as well. This, that's just my personal page. But this week's episode, I'm gonna look at um, coronavirus again. We're back to the virus, but I'm gonna look more specifically at the vaccine. Of course, I'm not a scientist. I don't work in healthcare, but I've done my research and I wanna give some information and also speak on the viruses, I mean, the, the vaccines, the different types of vaccines, um, and also statistics regarding a vaccine. And also, of course, the misinformation and also some valid concerns from black and other ethnic minority groups regarding undertaking the vaccine. Um, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. There's a lot of talk. So I thought it'd be good to do an episode on this. So that's how this week's podcast is going to go. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. And of course, make sure you share a friend. Don't forget to use a hashtag, hashtag Dysonomics on Twitter or on Instagram. Or if you're listening to it, just tag me on Instagram. I love to repost and show people that people are also enjoying this great podcast. Obviously, you can catch it on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other good platforms for distributing podcasts. Hi, it's MXM, and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Dysonomics podcast. I hope you people have enjoyed your week and having a good weekend. This week, we're going to talk about the vaccines. So I think it's first very much important to talk about what the vaccines are and how they work. So currently the information regarding the vaccines that these vaccines are to stop um, symptomatic, um, you um, from us getting symptomatic symptoms of the virus and to protect us up to that. So we're seeing vaccines with uh, protection up to like 94, 95%. They are not completely sure if this means that it can stop us contracting the virus and spread asymptomatically and spreading it to other people. They're not as of sh- they're not sure of that yet. And so far they they like they believe that the new variants that we're seeing flying around, the vaccines are equipped to deal with that. And even if they aren't, they can move extremely quickly to adapt and tweak the vaccines. So there's currently three main vaccines that have been licensed in the UK, United States and and the EU. So that's the BioNTech Visor, which was the first one, I believe, to be um, approved in the UK. The UK were the first people to approve any uh, any vaccination and also to administer any vaccination. So shout out to the UK for that. Um, The second one approved was the Oxford AstraZeneca one and also more recently the Moderna's one. 
there's a Sputnik V, which is also licensed in Russia. So that is another vaccination that has been licensed so far. It's one of the main players. So there's two, from the vaccinations we've seen, there's two different types of vaccinations in type. So there's the mRNA. So I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. My scientist people, you can check me. That's M and there's the capital RNA vaccine as well as a vector virus vaccine. So if we look at the BioNTech Pfizer and the Moderna um, vaccinations, they are the Amana vaccines. How these work is they replicate proteins in, they replicate individual proteins in human cells that are typical of the virus and the body responds by building up an immune defense. So you slap these things in and the body's like, oh, we need to fight this. And this creates immune system to the coronavirus COVID-19 strand. The difference between the vaccines is that the Moderna vaccine compared to the biotech and advisor one can be stored for up to 30 days in a normal house refrigerator in a normal house refrigerator. So this is good because that means you can store these anywhere. So it is more pragmatic and it will be in it's such it's gonna be a lot easier to administer on mass because you can store these for days upon days in and you can store these in multiple locations. So it makes it a bit more uh, mobile. Whereas the the biotech um, biotech and Visor vaccine needs to be refrigerated at minus 70 degrees um, during transport. And this can be, and this can only be refrigerated for up to five days. So not many people have fridges that could go up to, that could go down to minus 70 degrees. So that shows a clear um, logistical issue with the BioNTech Visor vaccination. The, Ast the Oxford AstraZeneca, Astro AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca, sorry people, is a vector virus vaccine. That's, a, that's similar to the Sputnik V, which is also a vector virus vaccine. What is the difference between the Amana and the vector virus vaccination? Is that the vector virus vaccination uses harmless cold virus cells that can, that normally impacts um, chimps um, as a transport mechanism. It transports the surface proteins of SARS-CoV-2 COVID to the human cells, making the immune system respond. So, and a normal um, um, refrigerator is sufficient for this. What's very important is that um, a lot of these viruses are double dosage and they can't be mixed. So you can't get one vaccination dosage of one virus and then receive another as far. There's been no testing to see that these that this works so far. So it's probably it's not it's not um, advised from health practitioners and scientists. What's important is that after vaccinations, individuals can experience mild to moderate side effects. Some of the side effects that have been detailed are some things such as temp temporary swelling at ejection sites. Wherever you get injected, you might be have some temporary swelling there, potential headaches, potential aching limbs, potential chills, or the potential fever. So if um, some of your loved ones have exp or yourself have experienced got the vaccination, you have these mild to um, moderate symptoms, maybe not to be too alarmed and check them for a few days. And obviously I'm assuming if that persists, then obviously dial 111 and get seen to as soon as possible. So that is the vaccination and that's kind of how it works. Um, some important information and some good news I saw at the FT this week is that previously there's been a lot of testing for antibodies. I know that they were testing that in health practitioners. So I presume that this is where the data comes from. There was data um, looking at 20,000 UK health workers that have previously tested positive for COVID. So the information finds that prior coronavirus infection gave better than 94% protection against symptomatic reinfection, matching the figures for the for 
for most effective COVID-19 vaccines. So this is really good news. So this is essentially saying that if you've been, um, if you contracted a virus already, you are almost effectively vaccinated against symptomatic reinfection. So the research researchers were unable to assess the impacts the new and the more contagious variant has on the rates of infection. So we're not too sure of information there. But um, according to Susan Hopkins, PHE senior medical advisor said that she was strongly encouraged by the finding that infection gave powerful, though not complete protection against reinfection for at least five months. It will give a level of immunity in the community that will reduce transmission, she said. So that is some really, really good news so far. So that is what the vaccination is, the different, well, the different types of vaccinations that we have, um, how it works, the differences in terms of storage, and obviously some good news regarding potential um, protection for people who have already contracted the virus. Now, what are the current COVID statistics, especially in relation to vaccinations? So currently the rate of infection is between 1.2 and 1.3, so that's still really high. We were seeing 0.7 to 0.9 or 0.7 to 0.1 or to 1.1. Obviously, with the, as listeners, I'm sure listeners are probably bored of hearing from everywhere, from Twitter to the news, to friends and family, to WhatsApp or to Dysonomics, that the new variants of COVID could be anywhere between 50 to 70% more transmissible. So that's why we're seeing an increase in cases again. So that's why the rate of infection is at, the, at a very high point. Yesterday, so I'm recording on Sunday the 17th. So on Saturday the 16th, um, three, three, 38,598 people tested positive yesterday for coronavirus. 300,000 and 323,000 people tested positive the last seven days, which is just crazy numbers. However, some good news is that there has been a reduction of tw- of twenty of almost a quarter, so twenty two point five percent reduction in people testing positive for coronavirus. So this may be due to the signs of lockdown, but of course um, the death figures aren't as friendly. So six hundred seventy one people passed unfortunately yesterday. However, um, Sunday numbers and Monday numbers, weekend numbers tend to be considerably lower. We saw um, daily deaths reach a figure of over 1,500 earlier in the week, which is just traumatic and very sad. And my thoughts are with thoughts and prayers of all the family of people who have lost lives, unfortunately. So in the last seven days, we've seen an increase of 23% in deaths. So yeah, we may have dropped to almost 23% in cases, but the deaths are rising. So that's very concerning. Similarly, 13.7% increase has been witnessed in terms of patients in hospital, which is of course bad news because I don't think we understand. Yeah, people may be going to the hospital and surviving, but every intensive care bed taken up by a COVID patient is one less taken up for another emergency. Let's say somebody unfortunately gets involved in a car accident. So that is why the government and health practitioners are so careful and want lockdowns and stuff like that because they, you don't want you don't want your health service to be overwhelmed because not only will you struggle to deal with the virus, but you struggle to deal with other health issues. In terms of the vaccination, according to the government statistics up until and including the 16th of January 2020, 3.857 million people have received their first dosage. The government did say they want to aim for 2 million a week, which is very ambitious. They want to reach 13 million people by February the 15th. So that's the foremost vulnerable group. So that's people who live in care homes and work in care homes, um, people over the age of 80, um, and the vulnerable. So those are the people that they're looking to target. 
Now, I've spoken at some length with regards to the virus, I mean, to the virus, the virus and the vaccinations, but obviously I'm, I'm a black man, I'm Nigerian, and a lot of the people I know are black, Muslim, from all types of ethnic minority backgrounds, not just here, but also in the States, I've seen a very much, a very big reluctance and kind of, do you know what I mean? Caution, a wariness of taking the, to taking the vaccination. And there, I believe there are some legitimate reasons for this caution and there's some more illeg illegitimate reasons. We're seeing people on a chatty house, that's Clubhouse, the app, just host, just barrages of misinformation. I had people on my Instagram post talking about, oh, the World Economic Forum has spoke of a great reset. Yeah, watch and read the documentation. They didn't say anything about no sinister depopulation of human beings. Like just, just stop watching crazy videos. And obviously WhatsApp, of course, is killing my people with this misinformation. But I'm gonna go into the history um, in America to give some information. So many people might not know about this, but it is very concerning. So many black Americans have expressed reluctance to take the vaccine, especially with the legacy of the, Tusk the Tuskegee syphilis study. Now, the US Public Health Service initiated this, um, this study in 1932, so many a year ago. The study lasted 40 years and it was stopped in 1972. Black men from Alabama recruited who, have pre who had already contracted syphilis and some who haven't. So 600 people were recruited in, in total, 399 with the disease and 201 without. What they didn't know or what many people didn't know was the actual purpose of this study was to learn whether untreated syphilis progress differently in black people compared to white people. So this was a key example of institutional, structural racism and just pure evilness and a long list of crimes of, of white America. They, this is basically saying that black Americans and white Americans are biologically different, which perpetuates the ideology that black people are less than human. This was commissioned by the federal government. That is, this should show you the, the depths of racism in the United Kingdom. And also some breaking news just hit my phone. So people in England aged 17 and over, as well as those clinically extremely, vul extremely vulnerable to begin receiving offers of COVID vaccine this week, which is good news. Because remember I said it was people above the age of 80. That's because people above the age of 80, I believe, or was it? it might be 85, um, take up 88% of COVID deaths. So these are the most clinically vulnerable people. So this is good news. Anyway, so back to the, back to the matter, words of whiskers. So yeah, they were... They believe that, rah, let's see if we're different from them, which is crazy. The, the government never intended to provide treatment for these people, never. Even though penicillin, which is an adequate treatment, became widely available in nine, no, 11 years later in 1943, the men were never treated. At they say at least 28, but up to 100 men died from syphilis or complications around syphilis during the study. So potentially one sixth of the people recruited died. The men were told that they were going to be treated. It's shocking. This is crazy because the study was set up to test the idea that black people were biologically different from white people. The, the federal government knowingly withheld treatment for 40 years. So naturally, black people in America 
when it comes to medicals, med medicine, they're going to be very wary of the government. And I don't blame them. According to the report from Unidos US NAACP and COVID collaborations, only 14% of black Americans and 34% of Latinx Americans say they say they have trust in, in the safety of the new COVID vaccine. So less than less than one in five black Americans have trust in these vaccinations. Less just over one in three Latinx Americans have trust. So you should so you can see what distrust um ethnic minorities in the states have to the to the vaccine only 80% of 18% sorry of black americans or 40% of latinx said that they trust the effectiveness of the vaccine so they don't even think it even slaps like that they don't think it's going to work 28% of black participants said they have trust in the culture they have trust in a culturally specific testing and safety practices compared to almost half for Latinx Americans. So these numbers show that in general, black Americans do not trust the government. They do not trust the healthcare system. They do not trust vaccinations. And, why sh and you're thinking, why should they with the information I'm giving you? So according to Stephen Lopez, the director of health policy at Unidos, uh, Unidos US, a lot of mistrust around the vaccine is due for the, from, from the Latin community is due to the terrible messaging around the pandemic from the beginning up to now. Confusing mixed messaging with regard to lockdown protocols, demonising people wearing masks, like, just a mess. Trump, you know Trump and Co's approach to virus was terrible. Um, Latinos are also disproportionately impacted by the virus. One in four cases for COVID-19 are Latino. And we already know about uh, Black um, black people are four times more, black men are four times more likely than white men to die from the virus. I think um, Asian men are like 2.5 or 3 or something like, like that. Now, if we flip shores to the US, from, to, from the US to the United Kingdom, Scientific Agrizzly Group of Emergency Sage, which we have referenced quite a lot, are concerned regarding the uptake amongst black and other ethnic minorities of the virus, of the vaccine, sorry. Researchers show that 70% of people have said that they're unlikely to have the jab. 72%. So that's seven out of 10 black people have said, boy, we ain't taking the jab. We don't trust you. And I think the history of institutional racism is super key in this. And they cited this. They cited that historical issues of unethical healthcare research, structural and institutional racial as well as discriminations are key reasons to distrust in the current vaccination program, let alone the conspiracy theories and the WhatsApp messages. People are in general, I'm talking about people, the whole of the UK, are likely to get vaccinated according to the study. 82% said they are likely or very likely to have the jab. 96% of people over the age of 35 said they will get the jab. The people who are the least likely are women, younger people, and those with lower levels of education, as well as ethnic minorities. Pakistani Bangladeshis said they were 42% unlikely or very unlikely to take the vaccination. So me personally, while I take the vaccination, well, I already had COVID, so... I'm probably just as protected from the current science to the vaccination. Um, of course, I have a dis certain level of distrust to vaccines and not vaccines in general, but like just to Western <laughs> policies in general. But um, I think especially maybe I'm being a bit selfish in this that I live alone, I'm young, whatever. So I'm a bit iffy about the vaccine, I can't lie. But um I do believe if I had health complications or I was a lot older, I would take the vac I would take the vaccine because of the data. It's just I just it's just crazy right now. So I really just hope people don't spread misinformation. If you're going to if you're going to 
provide reasons for not taking a virus vaccine sorry i keep saying that i understand looking at previous missteps and just absolute travesties from healthcare from the health system in the western world and just general racism in general but don't spread misinformation it's just it's just uncalled for and don't be arguing with flipping doctors and scientists who spent their life studying this because they're coming with evidence based on theories and evidence and you know what I mean and you're coming there with vibes like don't be ridiculous don't be ridiculous so yeah that's it for this week's podcast um I hope you've enjoyed any information that you need please hit me up hello at thisonomics.com brands want to get at me hit me up at hello at thisonomics.com you can hit me in the DMs underscore nomics or at thisonomicspod or at thisonomics on Instagram and until next week peace and blessings Sports Social Podcast Network